Good morning, everybody. Would you stand up with us today? We are going to praise the Lord, sing in majestic. We want to be excited about what God has done for us here today.
know the love of Jesus in your heart. You wanna get to know him, but you don't know where to start. You'd like to live forever through the promise that he gave, and you wonder what must I do to be saved? It starts with a decision, the steps to take up these admit, believe, and forever see. Savior and you'll have eternal life. Admit, believe, forever receive. Believe and forever receive. You feel sorry for the times you've gone astray. Disobey the word of God and wandered from his way. Remember Jesus died for you to take away your sin. And then he rose again and he'll raise you up with him when you admit. Sinner, believe in Jesus Christ, receive Him as your Savior, and you'll have eternal life. Decision. The steps to take are these Admit, believe, and forever receive Side down, when men sing, God cursed. 
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome to church and welcome to um, what we had um, this week. We had a blast at VBS and lots of the, all the kids had so much fun. They got to learn about God and um, just have fun while learning about God. And so we had a blast. And so we're going to share with you um, our theme song for the week, which is called Incredible World Amazement Park. Hit it, Al. One more hand as they exit the stage. Good job. probably all know this song, so as we sing, if you remember the words, sing along with us. 
God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her in the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, our home sweet home. God bless America, our home sweet home. We've all seen God bless America, and over the years, God has blessed America mightily. But you've probably all noticed that lately it seems like the blessing of God is going away. Some in our country, some of our leaders have said that we don't need to trust God anymore. But fortunately, there's encouragement in God's Word. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. And we certainly need that healing. So maybe we could sing it a little differently. Let's try these other words. America, bless thy God. Father above, stand beside him, glorify him. Let his praises go forth every day. Send the gospel to the lost ones. Let them know that Jesus saves America. Bless thy God, our Savior, King. America, bless thy God our Savior and King. May you find the blessing God has for you this 4th of July holiday. Thank you, Ira. Please stay standing. Thank you. As we say the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag, and then we want to have you join us with the national anthem. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, say can you stripes and bright stars through the past 
Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, it's so good to see you in the church this morning on this summer Sunday. If you're happy to be here, say amen. amen. Please reach in the book rack right there in front of you or nearby and find one of our little black friendship folders. We ask you each week if you put your name on that and give it to a person sitting next to you, we'll appreciate that an awful lot. Thank you so much for doing that. Boy, the Lord has been so good to us as a church, especially this summer already. And I think one of the reasons, of course, is we're all praying, we're all on the same page together. There's lots of people out traveling now. Some of our people are there with them. But uh, many of them have taken their prayer list, and it's right inside your Sunday courier. And you're looking at that day after day, and we're praying the same prayers. We're asking God to bless the ministry of the church in the summertime, and he's certainly doing that. Brother Al Finney sent me an email uh, yesterday about our vacation Bible school, and he was excited about how the Lord put it all together and all the pieces together and all the workers and all the kids. And, and he said something very interesting that, uh, that the church was doing the ministry here on top of the hill in Finleyville, but it was also at the same time doing work with children in Ecuador, two different countries, same church, doing the work of the Lord. We're uh, happy to have part of our Ecuador group back with us, aren't we? How many people? Are, let's see. I see Mike up here. Are you awake, Mike? Barely? Okay. Well, you're, you're standing up. We're happy. Some of the Ecuador short-term missionaries were here in the first service. We're happy to have them back, and there's some more coming, uh, I guess, tomorrow. We thank you for praying for them. Uh, Ken sent me an email uh, also from Ecuador and said that they were uh, preaching in a church out in the country. It was an agricultural church this morning. And the service was at 8.30 in the morning. And he, um, he said the people get up at 4 to go to work. So uh, they get up earlier down there. They're having a wonderful time. And he said the Lord has used them to reach 1,000 people for Christ down there. And uh, God's blessed them in an incredible way while you have been uh, praying for them. That's the way the whole thing works. You know, some of us are senders, others are goers, and God puts the whole package together. If you've never attended one of our membership 101 classes, we'd like for you to do that. Uh, this is a lunch that we provide for people who are interested in one day becoming a member of our church. So if you've never gone to that, tear off the bottom portion. It's July the 15th, which is uh, not too far away. And uh, we'll have a nice lunch for you after the service and talk to you about the mission of the church. So please take care of that. Let's stand together as our ushers come this morning. We'll receive our morning offering together at this time. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for our church family and how through every uh, season, Lord, uh, they serve you in the summer, in the fall, in the winter, the spring. We thank you, Lord, that we can have these summer months now to do things that not ordinarily we are able to do. And we can't thank you enough, Lord, for sending all the kids to Vacation Bible School because uh, many of them don't come to a church on a regular basis, and we thank you that we could have this small little piece of their life for this week so that we could give them some thoughts about eternal God, 
uh, about the way of salvation, eternal life. We thank you for this, Lord. We pray now that as we receive the offering of the morning that you'll bless each gift and each giver. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Let's open our Bibles today, please, to the book of 
First Chronicles in the Old Testament. I'll give you a minute to get there. You're not used to uh, finding that. First Chronicles. Chapter 4, and I'd like to talk to you this morning about a prayer that God answers. After all the years in the ministry that I have experienced, I am convinced that of all the topics in the Bible, there is none more important than your communion with God, how you connect with God through prayer. I want to thank everybody for uh, all the kind uh, thoughts of congratulations for Joanne and I on our 50th anniversary. I told her the other day, I said, you know, the thing I'm really surprised about is nobody came up to me and said, I would have never believed that you were married that long. Nobody has done that. So I accept somebody out in the foyer between the services did say that. So that helped me a little bit. Uh, Carol Darren sent Carol, hi. Uh, she sent this nice card. She said, congratulations on 50 years. I have best wishes for the next 50 together. And I thought, boy, there's got to be some medical breakthroughs in order for that to take place, don't you think? <laughs> Ronnie Barwell, one of our members on Saturday, in the Saturday Night Church, sent me an email. And he said, your wife deserves the Congressional Medal of Honor. <laughs> and I went back and I said, she deserves more than that. But we thank you for your acknowledgement. I thought we were going to get through this like under the radar, you know, but Jim Watts wouldn't allow that to happen. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse number 9, we find a, a little diamond here in the midst of probably one of the most boring things that you'll do as far as your Bible is concerned, read the genealogies. Verse number 9 of First Chronicles uh, chapter 4. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Behold, I bore him in pain. The meaning of that name, Jabez, is pain. So he had to carry that around with him his whole life. Uh, here we find that Jabez called upon the God of Israel. One day in his life, he said, listen, I've got to connect with God in a powerful way. And so he called out. And this was his prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be upon me and that you would keep me from evil and that I may not cause pain. Now here's the good part of it right here. So God granted him what he requested. You know, I'm convinced that the best way to learn about prayer is to read the prayers of the Bible, see if God answered them or not. Well, this is one that God did answer. One of the most significant topics in the Bible is prayer. Um, seeing how others prayed. Now, I know that many, sometimes people get discouraged with prayer because we've been taught to pray these rote prayers, memorize, you know, the Lord's Prayer, for instance. And we've prayed it time and time and time again until we can pray that thing through and know absolutely nothing that happened as we went through that. We did it ritualistically. Well, you know, I'm convinced that you can even pray a ritualistic prayer like the Lord's Prayer with meaning if you slow it down, slow it way down, 
and uh, concentrate on the words as you pray the prayer. The prayer of Jabez is similar to that because it's become popularized in the last 10 years. And, and it's a good thing as far as I'm concerned because on your summer prayer list, I have it right there. You've been looking at it every, every, every day of the week. It's right there in your courier today. And I ask you to pray it. And the reason I ask you to pray that prayer is because that everything in that prayer is good for you. And everything in that prayer we believe is good for God. And so what's good for God and what's good for you is really good. And so learn to pray the prayer of Jabez. It's, in, it's like a shining star in this long list of anonymous characters. The word Jabez is used only one other time in the Old Testament. And that's 1 Chronicles 2.55. Uh, there was a city that was named Jabez. And it was there, the Bible says, the scribes gathered together. He evidently, this character of which I speak this morning, it had some influence. And uh, he gathered some leaders around him and they named the city after him. Uh, he was, this person called Payne was, at this particular time in his life, was doing a very hard job. Bible scholars tell us that they believe that he was trying to extract the Canaanites from the land of Israel. Now remember, God gave the nation of Israel to Abraham. Here's a piece of property, Abraham. I want you to go in, claim it. I want you to conquer it. By the way, people live there. They're evil people. And so I'm going to use the nation of Israel to extract these evil people, the Canaanites, out of the land. And when you get them all out of the land, I want you to take over the land, and it's going to be your land forever. And so God gave him that job. And so here he is. He's one of the persons that comes into the land to clear out the land. He is doing the work that God gave him to do. Uh, and he's asking God to help him accomplish that work. You know, you, you may remember that removing the Canaanites from the land was a difficult task. It was a long struggle. And actually, the nation of Israel never really completed it uh, because they lost heart. You know, sometimes doing the right thing, you get discouraged because doing the wrong thing sometimes is easier. And there are so many people doing the wrong thing that you're such an isolated person. Well, the key to this whole prayer, I believe, is in his character. Look with me to verse number 9. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. What does that mean? He had the same ancestry, but there was this spiritual dimension to him. You know, it's amazing how two or three or four people can grow up in the same house. And all of them have like a different destiny in their life. Sometimes people make bad decisions and they go in the wrong direction. Sometimes they make good decisions and they go in the right direction. This is Jabez. Jabez was the person who made a right decision. He had the same family, but he had this spiritual dimension to him. Now, there is one way to gain honor with God, and that is through prayer. Everything that is good comes from prayer. Prayer is communion with God. Now, I know that we have a different definition of that. We think prayer is just kind of like rolling out this big list of things that we need from God and rattling it off. 
and hoping that God sees something on that list that he'd like to give us. Well, prayer is a whole lot more than that. Prayer is your connection with God. It's your sense of his presence in your life. It's your acknowledgement of his presence. I didn't mean to say this, but I think I will this morning. I was out and about the other day at an event, um, and uh, there were some people at that particular event that has been, have been to our living uh, tree, our Christmas program for a number of years. And uh, this, this uh, lady was telling me, and I know her very well, she was telling me that, uh, how difficult her life was and all this story. And I said, you know, everybody deals with these things. You're not the only one. And, and we were standing there, and it just so happened to be at 8 o'clock at night. And uh, a few of you know what happens to my cell phone at 8 o'clock at night. The alarm goes off because I have it set at 2 and at 8. That's my prayer time, one of my prayer times. And so I have this cell phone, and, uh, and so we're talking, and she's like pouring her heart out to me, and all of a sudden my cell phone, which has the weirdest buzz you've ever heard, you've never heard anything like this, starts buzzing. She says, what is that? And I said, that's uh, my alarm. Uh, it's my call to prayer at 8 o'clock at night. I recognize God in my life. I stop my life and think about God. I connect with him. And immediately when I said that, tears began to come into her eyes. As I said, I recognize God in my life. And we had a great conversation, and I gave her a piece of literature that explained to her the way of salvation. And I said, you go home and you read this over time and time again, and when you get to the prayer at the end of this page, you pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart, and the Lord will come into your life, and he'll give you the strength to face the problems of your life. You know, Christianity doesn't say, listen, we're going to take away your problems. It says, I'm going to give you the strength to face your problems. I'm going to give you the presence to do that. And so prayer is communion with God. And God honors people in a special way that spend time with him in prayer. Notice what the Bible says here. He was more honorable than his other family members. Now, I believe that God does bail us out when, we, when we're desperate for him. How many, people, how many people here have ever made a deal with God? Would you raise your hand? And I'm, I'm going to raise both of mine to encourage you, okay? You've made a deal with God, okay? That's most of you. I've made a lot of deals with God. And I don't think God has a problem with a deal maker, as long as you keep the deal, okay? Because, you know, we live in a desperate world, and we have desperate things that we can't overcome, and God just likes to bail us out. But if that is the only relationship we have with God, I don't think God is pleased with that. If the only time we think of God is when we need him to bail us out again, here I am again, Lord. And when he bails us out, we kind of like forget God and go on with our life. That's not pleasing to God. And so uh, Jabez was a person who had communion with God. And the reason why God answered this particular prayer is because when you have communion with God... God forgives you of your sins and changes your life. That's what happens. If you want your sins forgiven, you want to change life, you learn to pray. 
You learn to draw close to God because when you draw close to God, he shows you areas in your life that have to change. And, you know, that's the exciting thing about being a Christian because you can change with the power of God. You can't change on your own, but with God's power you can change. Isaiah 59, 2 says, Your sins have cut you off from God, and he will not listen. Psalm 24, 3 and 4 says this. Let's read it together. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Now, we can stand in the presence of God, and we can have communion with him if, look, we have clean hands, pure heart. Now, that was Jabez in the Bible. He had communion with God. God knew him well. He was, we could say today, well-connected, more connected than his brothers. The person to whom he made his appeal, the Bible says here, was the God of Israel. You know, that's the very same God that you and I pray to today. It wouldn't be wrong for you at all to pray when you pray to the Lord, Lord, I'm coming to you. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and Zebulun, and Levi, and Naphtali, and John, John, or Bill, or Mary. We pray to the same God today. Now, I think this. We can use this little prayer as a template, okay, a plan, a format from which to pray. His appeal was to God. You know, God wants to be the hearer of our prayers. I was reading the other day in John chapter 6, and Jesus, you know, Jesus really taught some revolutionary things. And uh, he laid such a different lifestyle on, on the people that some of them became discouraged and says, listen, we can't live that kind of life. And so they bailed out on him. They, uh, they said, listen, we're leaving. And, and when you go home, if you read John chapter 6, you'll find that many of his disciples left him. Many of his disciples left him. And Jesus looked at his apostles, and you know what he said to them? Will you leave me also? And I love Peter. He, he, he speaks up all the time. You can always depend on him to have a word. And he said this, to whom can we go? You have the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. Peter figured it out that whenever trouble comes, God wants to hear from us. And uh, there's no one else that can really help us in that time. Pain, pain is the thing through which God comes into our life. Do you believe that? I do. Do you know many people seeking for God that don't have pain in their life? I don't know many. But when pain comes into our life, I'll tell you what, we have, to, we have to come to God because there is no help otherwise. He's the only one that can help. And so here, Jabez was struggling. He was trying to do his job. job. So he came to God. And uh, prayer in the Bible is also known as humility. Jabez could have said, you know, I can kick these Canaanites out of the land. I'm pretty tough. I have friends. I'm well-connected. Uh, I can, I can, I'm a good architect. I can get rid of them. But you know what he said? This job is too big for me. I can't do this. I need God. 
And boy, that's like the magic word, if you will. I need God. And if you will come to that place in your life, that will be the, the biggest, most awesome place that you can come. That can be the beginning of the rest of your life. When you finally realize that you can't hack this thing on your own, you do need God. And, and so whenever a person will stop and say, okay, I'm praying to God, that is an act of humility, and God loves that in you. He loves humility. And most of us don't have a lot of it anyway. I love James 4.10. Let's read this together. When you bow down before the Lord and admit your dependence on him, he will lift you up and give you honor. You want lifted up? Bow down. If you stay up, you won't get the strength you need. But if you humble yourself, the New King James puts it this, we're a little bit more familiar. Let's read this. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Boy, isn't that neat. I don't know a person that doesn't need lifted up, really. I don't know a person that doesn't really need the strength of God in their life. And so this is how to get it right here. Humble yourself in the sight of God. Acknowledge your need. That's what he did by prayer. And so when he did this, he began to pray. And this is the first part of his prayer. Lord, bless me indeed. Now this denotes a big blessing. He just wasn't saying, Lord, if you have time, could you throw me a little bone? Could you bless me a little bit? He said, Lord, I want you to bless me indeed. I want a big blessing. Well, the Bible does say in Psalm 37, 4, this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I believe God wants to give you the desires of his heart as long as it, in, it is in coordination with the desire of God's heart. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, you know what he does? He changes the desires of our heart. And there are people in our church, and you've been saved many years, and you used to pray for things that are so insignificant, but now you don't do it anymore because you realize those things are not important. And now you're praying about more important things that will last forever. Um, I know that there are some people that look at this prayer and say, say that, well, that's just a gimme prayer. Have you ever heard that term? That's a gimme prayer. Well, let me say to you this morning that it's not wrong for us to pray gimme prayers as long as for the right purpose. Because there are an awful lot of things in life that we need from God. You know that? There's an awful lot of things. And not only material things, but more importantly than that, spiritual things. And so uh, Jabez says, listen, Lord, I want you to bless me indeed. God wants to bless his children. I believe that. Genesis 12, 2, you know what God said to Abraham? I will bless you and you will be a blessing. The reason that God blesses you is for you to be a blessing to other people. Now, it would be selfish for me to come to God and say, oh, God, give me this, give me this, give me this, until I just get all the things for which I wish. That's selfish. But if I come to God and I say, Lord, bless me so that I can be like Abraham and be a blessing to other people, 
then I think God would say, hey, you know, he's got something there. I think I'll do that. Uh, because in this life, we, are not, we do not live life in isolation. There are so many people around us that need a blessing. And just think if you could be the, the source, the channel of blessing, wouldn't that be neat? That would really be cool. And so that's what Jabez is praying about right here. God wants to bless us. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You know, blessings come in different packages. And, uh, and Jabez is saying, I need your blessing for the real things of life. Spiritual blessings are the best blessings. I know you've heard this before, but you have to hear it again. And I can't hear it too many times. Listen to this. Take away everything you can buy with money, and what you have left is how rich you are. Can I just do that one more time? Take away everything you can buy with money, and what you have left is how rich you are. That's really true. That's really true. You know, we go through this life and we say, okay, I want that, I want this, give me that, uh, yeah, this, uh, look, wow. And, uh, and what does it mean? The real things are not bought with money. The real things are free from God. That's the real things. I remember Billy Graham saying one time, he's never seen a person in a uh, funeral procession behind the hearse with his U-Haul taking his possessions along. It's just, you can't do that. You know, it doesn't mean anything. And so we strive so hard and so long for so many things that mean so little. And so Jabez is not praying for, you know, give me this and give me that. He wants to be a blessing. He wants to experience God's blessing and to be a blessing. And then he says, look, enlarge my territory. Remember, he's kicking the Canaanites out of the land. He wants more land. He's not satisfied with where he, where he was. Enlarge this territory. These Canaanites were cursed by God, but the nation of Israel had to go out and extract them from the land. And so that essentially meant this. They had to displace the wicked people and repopulate the land with people who served God. Now, here's the spiritual application. There are things in our life that are so wicked that we have to get rid of. We have to root them out. We have to get rid of them. And then we have to replace them with things that are pleasing to God. And when we first come to Christ, he shows you those easy things to get rid of. You know, I'll get rid of this because people can see it. You know, it's not pleasing to God. I'll get rid of that. I'll get rid of this. And then, after we get rid of those easy things, then God works, starts really working on the heart. And he says, listen, you've got to think different. You've got to live different. You have to have a different attitude. And then he starts working on the hard things, and that's all good. This is all good. Because Satan wants to bind you and me with the wicked things of life. Satan, Jesus wants to set us free. He wants to take the shackles off of us so that we can live free. Now, Jabez had to get rid of these wicked people out of the land. And uh, he said, Lord, I want you to enlarge my territory. I want you to give me more of you. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That's what I need. 
Now, I know biblically that when we accept Jesus Christ, we get all of him that we'll ever get because the Holy Spirit comes into our heart. And he's a person, not a piece of cake that we slice up. I know that when I invite Jesus into my heart, I have all of him, and then begins the journey of him getting all of me. And that's a long journey, isn't it? That's a long journey of me surrendering this and me surrendering this and then surrendering more. And so he says, listen, I'm not satisfied with this. And then in addition, he says, I want you to put your hand upon me. You know, the phrase, the hand of the Lord, is used many times in the Old Testament and often in a negative way. God's hand would come down in judgment. But Jabez said, listen, I want your hand to come down in blessing on my life. I want your hand to lead me, to protect me, to fight for me. It's wonderful to know that the hand of the Lord is on your shoulder. Invite the hand of the Lord in your life. And then, look what else he says. That your hand would be upon me and you would keep me from evil. Now, this is interesting. Now, here is Jabez and he's taking these evil people out of the land. He's extracting them. If you read about it, it's quite gory. But he's doing what God told him to do. He's taking the evil people off the land so that the people who could serve God could live there. And that's what the nation of Israel is all about. So here he's going into the evil to extract them out of the land. That's a hard job, rooting out evil, cleaning up the land. And so uh, he didn't want this evil to affect him. Now you and I live in an evil land, do we not? It's wicked, isn't it? Absolutely wicked. Someone recently said that Washington, D.C. is like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a wicked land that we live in. And we know that. And I know that you can become immune uh, but, but he was in a wicked environment too, just like we are. And uh, he was trying to extract these people out of the land as God told him to. Wicked was, wickedness was all around him. And, uh, you know, when that happens, it's easy to be infected and uh, inflicted by the corruption of the world. It's easy to slip into that lifestyle. You know that? How many people have found that to be true? You know, you sell out to the Lord, you grow in Christ, and all of a sudden something happens. We call it backsliding. And it's like something happened. You hit a wall. And then you're, you're kind of like on a plateau, and you're saying, okay, I can stay here. But you notice the plateau tilts, and you, after a while you're, you're, you're going like this. And you're drifting back from where you used to be. That's backsliding. And so Jabez didn't want to do that. He says, I want you to keep me from evil, God. Now, that's what the Lord told us to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from the evil of the wicked one. And so it's right to pray for... It's easy to slip back into the old lifestyle. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we leave this church this morning, when you step out those doors, the world is going to pressure you 
to become like they are. Paul said in Romans 12 to be not conformed to this world. The word conform means pressed into its mold, pressured. Come with us, be like us, go the places we go, say the things that we do, use the vocabulary that we, that we use, and uh, it's all pressure on you to be like them. Well, Paul says don't be like that but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? This is how you do it. You fall in love with the Bible because this is the mind of God. And so as you read the Bible systematically, which many of our people are doing, I, I got up and did my Bible reading before I came to church today. Um, so we're reading the Bible and God is showing you, hey, this is the way you're supposed to think. And so you change your mind. And you go to work and you say, hey, listen, guys, I'm not going there anymore. And you see them in a corner telling jokes and you say to yourself, you know, I'm not going over there anymore either. Because I have a higher standard. I want to please the Lord in my life. Keep me from what? Evil. You know, that will pay you dividends in your life. Because if you're a parent, your kids are watching your every move. They come to church and tell us about it, the Sunday school teacher. They say, sometimes the Sunday school teacher says, oh, that kid's sad. Well, they do that everywhere. You know, they don't know. You're not supposed to reveal these things, you know. Um, and so, I notice, notice what else he says. Boy, our time has slipped away. They would keep me from evil and that I would not cause pain. That's a, great, that's a great thing. When's the last time? That's provocative right there. You know, you can cause pain in people's lives trying to do the right thing. I know I have. Lord, I, I, I don't want to be infected by evil and I don't want to cause pain to other people. That's a great thing. And this is a play on words because remember his name was pain. And so he says, Lord, I don't want to inflict pain on anyone else. And then we have the grand finale of his prayer. God granted what he requested. Isn't that good? 1 John 5, 14. Let's read this. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. Now, I looked at this carefully. There's nothing in here that's not according to God's will. And so when you pray according to God's will, you know what God says? Yes. You got it. I'll give it to you. Because God's trying to get us on his page. He's trying to get us in his will. Jabez grew up with the title, one who causes pain, but he was set free from that title. You know, you and I can uh, be set free in our life by having good communion with God. Now, here's the bottom line. Jabez was not a prophet or a preacher. Uh, he wasn't the ruler over a great nation. He wasn't famous on the field of battle. He was a prayer. 
the most important thing in the life of a believer is his or her connection with Almighty God. And, and Jabez, this little character, has been immortalized in the Bible for you and for me to learn from him. How about that? And I know he probably he had brothers here, the Bible says, and I don't know what they were into, but he was into praying. And praying always brings spiritual results. Always. Always brings spiritual results. He got God's attention. James 4.2 says, You have not because you what? Ask not. Let's say it together. You have not because you ask not. Now here's the final bottom line. We should pray for God's blessing in our life. We should pray that God will take us out of our comfort zone, enlarge our heart, give us his hand of power in our life, and keep us free from sin that hurts us and other people. Hey, this is a good prayer. When you go home today, and that little prayer list is right there in your, in your material received when you came in, open it up and look at the prayer of Jabez and see it with different eyes today, okay? It's for you. I know people that have prayed that prayer, not for the Lord, not for themselves. This life can't be for us as much as we want it to be for us. But they prayed that prayer for the Lord, and you know what God did? He did some pretty neat things through them because every element in that prayer is a good thing. And so I want to challenge you today as a church you pray the prayer of Jabez from your heart. And you just take his name out and pray it like this. And John called upon the God of Israel, saying, O Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me and you would keep me from evil and I would not cause pain. And you expect the God of Israel to answer your prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed today, I uh, ask you to reach out to God this morning. And uh, wherever you are on your journey, maybe you're, you're a backslider. Maybe at one time you were... Such a so so on fire for God and something you hit a wall. Well, come to God this morning and say, Lord, please turn my life around. I don't want to live like this. You know, it's really not a happy way to live. You know that. It's fun for a while, and then you realize, hey, this is a waste of time. And maybe you're here today and you've never invited Christ into your life. Boy, this would be a great day for that to happen. You could just call upon God for salvation. You, maybe you've never done that. Uh, whatever it is that God's leading you right now, just reach out to him by faith and say, Lord, uh, these are the needs of my life. Uh, meet me here. Dear Lord, as we um, come now to the conclusion of our service, I just pray that you'll just move in our heart. And, and as we open our prayer list uh, tomorrow of the ministries of the church and we see the prayer of Jabez, Help us to see it with new eyes, Lord. Help us to pray it with a, 
new vigor, a new strength from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Uh, just a few announcements before we're dismissed today. Uh, somebody asked me earlier uh, about the pirate tickets. Uh, I think there are six of them left out there. But if you want to go to the game, that's this Friday night, isn't it? Games this Friday night. And they're winning. That's a strange thing, isn't it? Holy cow. And the team that's coming in, is it the Giants or something? Is that a football team? I don't know. 